Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is Lessons for Life podcast. I'm Troy Hudkins here with a good friend for many years, Sean Funk. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. And hopefully, people can enjoy what we talk about and find useful things for their life. My pleasure. So, first of all, who is Sean Funk? Who is Sean Funk? That's where we're starting off, the basics. <laughs> Uh, Sean Funk is uh, a dad, family man, and uh, that's a tough question. You got to start right off with a hard one, eh? Well, you know, <laughs> this is how we roll. Yeah, here. who is Sean Funk? <laughs> I'm just an average guy who loves his kids and his family. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. Okay, so family who is your biggest influence in your family your mother or your father mom for sure okay no question i uh, lost my dad very early okay yeah lost Sorry. my dad when i was 10 and uh yeah so mom is it what <laughs> what is something that you've taken from the influence of your mother that you have used in your life to instill in your kids or your grandkids? Now, see, now your questions are getting easier. This is much better than who is Sean Funk. <laughs> this is a piece of cake because you know, I admire her. And uh, what, what did I get from mom is uh, it's her faith. That's what inspired me. And like you said, passed on to my kids, which right. I've attempted to do. Who knows how well I did at it. And you, you do what you can. You give them all the tools. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, from mom, you know, she uh, lost her husband and it's a pretty bad story, but uh, her faith was just like a rock. Nice. And that's, that's what I admire about her. Strong woman. Yeah. 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 Raised mm -hmm. lots of kids. She raised herself and my brother and my two sisters on her own. Nice. Yeah. After that tragedy. And uh, yeah, it's an admirable, nice, admirable accomplishment. Do you guys get together as family often? Lots, all yeah. the time. Even though we're, she's in Ontario, I'm in Alberta, so uh, right. three thousand miles apart, but we're together five times a year. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How about uh, how important is family to you? It's. Uh, just about everything. Yeah. Yeah. My own immediate family and my, and my family, like my kids and as well as my brothers and sisters. And that's what it's all about. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So outside of your parents or outside of your family. Okay. Let's, sorry. So we're let's excluding, go back. we're excluding let's somebody. Let's go back a second. All right. So of your siblings, who is, who is the most influential of your siblings in your life? Ooh, that's a tough one. Another tough one, eh? Um, definitely, well, influential. The one I admire most is Bob. Uh, but the one I have the best uh, relationship with is Carla. So influential there I don't know what, what what would be the difference between your relationship with those two what what makes what makes Bob so admirable to you uh, just his qualities all his qualities courageous and uh, yeah he's courageous and uh, that's an admirable quality in a brother yeah. Okay, and, and your sister, what what makes her influential to you? Has she done something special? That oh, you, absolutely, yes. Uh, you look at? Yeah, well, as I was raising my children, we would go to Ontario, that's where she lives, uh, every year. So from the time my kids were two, one. And uh, I just pawned them off on her. She <laughs> <laughs> took care of And she looked after them. And, uh, yeah, sis. Yeah, and... Uh, and they loved it. Nice. Yeah. Raised in a 
it wasn't a farm, but they were in the country. And a big sprawling house, and uh, and she's a great person. Nice. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, the kids think of her almost like a mom. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. When when family's close, that's exciting. The you know the nieces and nephews and cousins mm-hmm. and everybody when they're together and you can see the interaction. That's yeah. amazing. And now the kids are grown, but I still try and encourage that. Have you called? Have you called your grandma? Have you called your? Are you getting back to Ontario? Like I always encourage. Right. Right. And that's always a big thing. And especially as parents, when you look at your own kids, you always hope that they call you often or visit you mm-hmm. often, even as well as your, you know, their, their siblings or cousins or, or whatever extended family there be. Yeah. So outside of family, who would have been your biggest influence or who had the biggest impact on you outside of family all my big influences are in my family my brother <laughs> my mom my sister <laughs> outside of my family i don't I, I can't honestly say think of anybody that is no my influences came from my family okay i can't make up an answer that's, that's fair that's that's, that's, that's fair. an honest to goodness as long as we're talking about humans, as long as we're not going to get into spirituality and God and stuff like well, that. Well, that's all up to you. But you, you can take the questions however you want to. Yeah, well, of course, if you're talking about an influence, then Christ is the influence. Okay. Biggest. Yeah. Maybe even bigger than the family. Well, that, that goes that way. Yeah. But uh, as far as human beings outside my family, I don't think I've had a giant influence on me. Nice. Um, do you, how do, how do you try to portray your life so you are an influence to your family or your siblings or those around you? How do I try to live my life? Yeah. Well, you don't think about it. You just live your life course you try to do it with integrity and everything else right but uh i don't do it with integrity so that i will influence my family i just try to live my life with integrity <laughs> not be, not be for the purpose of, yeah yeah absolutely okay. and uh what they see from that okay hopefully they get something from that but no i would never i would never go into it with the thought okay i gotta behave this certain way so that my family thinks this way of me okay. i just behave this certain way yeah that's it perfect again I, it goes back to my faith in Christ. Yeah. That's okay. the rock of everything. Yeah. So firm foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Something to And my off. kids know that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Um education. How important is education? I never really got much. <laughs> I mean I just did my grade twelve. Okay. And uh I never carried on afterwards to because uh, I was content with where I was at. You know, in, in my workplace, I had opportunities to, to take trade schools and, and to advance and do those sorts of things. And uh, I was so happy doing what I was doing that I consciously chose not to because I was quite happy doing what right. I was doing. Uh, you know, but for my children, I mean, I sent Derry to college and I sent, well, Connor was going to go to college. He did a little bit of college. and So it's important. I know it's important. More for right. the kids than for myself. Right. I'm quite content. Okay. So education. That's if you're talking about actual education where you go to a school. Well, this is, if you're going to talk about education, this is my life experiences. Then of course I'm always trying to expand. Which one has carries more impact life lessons or. Yeah, exactly. As far as life lessons go. Yes. I'm always trying to learn more and more and more educating myself, but not in a classroom. Right. Yeah. So I read So which one do you think carries more importance? Oh, obviously you need to have your firm foundation and you need to have life experiences and to educate yourself about how the world works and why it works the way it works. Will you learn that in a classroom setting? Maybe you could, but I I can't be a judge of that because I never did. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But even at a young age going through 
grade school you you have to have some sort of basis to get started no uh like what do you mean a basis in what like just education itself like oh absolutely i mean people need their basic education you need to learn to read and to write and to learn understanding but i think it's just more important to learn how to think learn how to think critically right is, right is so important so that when you hear news coming into you, you know how to decipher it and interpret it and to, and I think you learn that more from life lessons than you do from school. Personally, yes. I went to school, so I could be totally wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, what type of relationships do you have within your family or in your work setting that, that have an impact on your, on your life kind of relationships in the family you said in in the family or in your workplace like what what kind of things do you what what kind of things do you talk about with other people that that impact your life or help you live a better life well with my family again because that's where most of my conversations are especially in my workplace because i, I work by myself Okay. I'm I'm on a I'm on that shovel for twelve hours a day all by myself. So there's not much communicating going on. Right. As far as the workplace. Uh, I mean you still even in that setting you still people have an opinion of you. Because right. you are on the radio, you are communicating with other equipment that's working around you. Right. And and, and it's nice that to know that people think that you're even keeled and calm and you're not going to be flying off the handle when a mistake is made. And, and, and I think I have that reputation at work. So in that sense, but as far as just conversations, it's very limited. Yeah. Once in a while I'll get together with someone once a month, I might have a conversation where I'm sitting there talking somewhere for 15 or 20 minutes. So no interactions are again, no wonder I'm always about family. Yeah, because it's all one of that's all. all there is. Yeah, because yeah, at the workplace, there's, <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, there's my the course on my six on my six days off and after work is my wife, which is, you know, the best conversations. Right. But yeah, and when you keep speaking of family, and I, and I don't really bring Raylan into it that much because I'm thinking family, family. But of course, she's, right, and that and that's. But if I sit and think about it, I mean, of course, she's the biggest piece. Right. I mean, my, my, like you said, my influence is mom. Right. But then my life now is really lean. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, what got you or what, what drove you to do the career you're doing right now? Well, like you said, we've known each other a long time. A lot and, of uh, years. Yeah. Way too many. Yeah. And we had that <laughs> shared career there for, 20 years ago, but well, I came out West when I was 18 and uh, very introspective and very quiet and really not prepared to go out and do a real job in a real world. So I came out West from Ontario thinking I would get into the oil business, but being so introspective and shy and so reserved, I went right into what I had done in Ontario, which was a grocery store business. <clears throat> and then we had so much fun doing it, as you recall, Oh yeah, that I that I we, didn't stop for ten we, years. We had a lot of years there, <laughs> uh, but eventually, you do grow up, and then of course I was a real job. I was twenty eight <laughs> and able to face the real world with confidence, which I didn't have when I was eighteen. And uh, so then, yeah, I moved into that industry and uh, loved it. I love being an equipment operator. Yeah, it's a great career, great salary, great hours, great everything. So we'll touch on your equipment operating in a little bit, but uh, so back to your grocery career, what, how do you think your grocery career uh, helped you or molded you for your future? Well, you know, you're a kid and uh, we got into that environment that we were in and uh, very different from the environment I was raised in. And you learn to explore and you build a sense of self as you get older. 
learn and, uh, learn who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, then you have to stop and think. Well, why did you think the way you thought? Or at least I do, because I'm introspective on everything. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, then you you just grow in that in that environment where all your family is back in Ontario and you're out here all on your own, all by yourself, all by yourself, no family. Living in and then you create a, in yeah, a bedroom. And you create a circle of friends <laughs> and they all have these things that they do in their life and you were raised a certain way and you love these people but you don't do everything that they did and you develop a sense of your own. Your own sense of community. Yeah, and your own sense of, uh, I mean, I already have a sense of right and wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain, but you, uh, you get in with a circle of friends as an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, and, and they're living a certain way and you're not judging them. You're just deciding, okay, I can't do what they're doing on certain areas. Right. And, uh, and then you start asking yourself, well, why do I think that way? You know, because you were told when you were eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12, this is the way you should think. You can't do this. You can't do this, but now you can do this because you can do whatever you want because now you're a grown up on your own. So then you start making choices, right? And right you, or wrong. Right or wrong and lots of bad ones. And, uh, but yeah, so your question was, how did that environment shape you? And it shaped you because you had that independence to do what you wanted. And then you had that rock that you were brought up with, what is right and wrong. And then your personality goes from that. So what was your biggest, um, what was your biggest learning from that first career? The biggest thing I learned? Yeah. Really how to have fun. I would say. Boy, we had a blast. We, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast all on its own. <laughs> Yeah, how I, have fun. I mean, I had a fun childhood. You know, we grew up on a farm and it was a good life. But uh, yeah, we had fun. But the times we had together, especially on night shift. Yeah, which was my whole Safeway. Almost all I did. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, we spent, I think we spent over seven years on nights at I one point. Yeah, yeah. Out of the 10. Out of the 10, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, we we had a good crew of guys, and we all got along together. We played yes. after work, before work, yeah, during, during work. work. Yeah, we did have a lot of fun, and there was a lot of close relationships gained. And we still at have that them. time. Yeah, we still. Yeah. I still know Woodpine, yeah. Cheris, and Brucey. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw a couple of them at the airport one time, flying back and forth to work. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, we cool. Do. Yeah, it is. And here we are, all old men now, and. Those relationships were still <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Still hanging out. Okay. So let's move back to some of your, so you mentioned, you know, growing and learning with a new group of friends and mm -hmm. kind of making your own community. So the things you learned at that time, and some of the life life lessons you you had. Did you know where you were heading? Did you have a path? No, no. Because, like I said, when I came out west, I came out west to work in the oil industry, and I found myself back into this grocery industry that I had left in Ontario. And we were we were kind of on autopilot. I think I was on autopilot. As far for as a while. as far as creating yeah. a path forward, I didn't. I had lots of opportunities to move on to a different career path. We were having too much fun, yeah, making too much money, yeah, as kids as kids, yeah, and it uh, was a big thing. Yeah, no, I I didn't have a, a clear direction. I don't think I gained a clear direction from those. Those. I don't know. It just sneaks up on you. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're starting to grow up, yeah. and boom and that opportunity come to work at Suncor and I'm like okay it's time yeah I could have stayed there another 10 years but it was time yeah but do I remember it developing no not really just uh, yeah. 10 years maybe year eight and year nine I'm like okay I think it's time to move on out of this industry but I don't get a, a plan together yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but uh, I can't honestly say I can look back at it no, no. 
I can see how I had a path or a plan. No, I kind of went by the seat of my pants. But we also look back at there's there's a couple people that I know from the grocery days that are while one of them still in the grocery business, one of the guys that we worked with and grew up with. I mean, and and that's their career. Mm -hmm. That's you know that's what they did. Another guy that came in and was, I think, pretty influential in the the grocery store, but he quit that and he went to Calgary and opened up a uh, a kids play park, indoor play park. You know, entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, move on, make some some life changes and stuff. That's exciting. So in your career now, you work on a shovel at Suncor. Yeah. You dig dirt. So I think it's a really cool experience, and I'd like to know if you'd share it a bit. But when you're digging, you're, you're digging massive amounts of earth. Yes. Not just, you know, we a could little excavator. We could literally move a mountain, yeah, in a few days, yeah. Yeah. So I know because Nancy and I – had gone to the dinosaur museum quite a while back and we saw the Funkasaurus on my, yes, my discovery yep. down there. So, so if you, if you wouldn't mind share a little bit about that. Oh, that was quite an experience. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a, my 15 minutes of fame, my claim to it. <laughs> uh, well, that, that experience was uh, pretty awesome. I had uh, gone to Calgary that, because I do a six days on and a six days off, as you know. And on my six days off, I had gone to Calgary to watch Connor play either soccer or football. Can't remember what. Raylene and I. And on our way back, we pulled into the Drumheller Museum to see the Dinosaur Museum. Because I've always loved it. Took the kids there when they were five and hadn't been there about 10 years. And I said, I really miss going there. So we drove through there and did the walkthrough through the Dinosaur Museum. And then the next day I had to go to work. So just the coincidence of not being to that dinosaur place in 10 years, stopping in and seeing it, the next day going to work and finding a dinosaur. Like the coincidence of that is unbelievable. That's awesome. <laughs> Fate. Yeah. Yeah. So someone's hand was in that. Yeah. That, 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 <laughs> the, you know. Yeah. So the way I am, I'm digging at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm, I'm out there digging in a, a material we call K-spec, so it's not actual oil. It's the dirt we move before we get to the oil. And uh, digging away, uh, I think it was around one o'clock in the afternoon, I think. At any rate, these things started sliding down the bank, and uh, I'm like, this is not normal. It's not dirt. This is not the dirt. I've been, and, and as soon as I seen it, maybe it was because I had just been to drum hell the day before, but I said, those look like bones. Those look like ribs. Turns out they weren't ribs, but that's what they looked like to me. They just yeah. looked like ribs. And then another piece came down, and it it was about two feet square, with perfectly round brown spots, about four inches, five inches around, like a pattern. And really, just a pattern. Like this just jumped at it. You know, and I was like, okay, there's something here. Nice. Shut her down and called the supervisor, and sure enough. It was a dinosaur. <laughs> and, and people always ask, you know, because it's such, like you said, it is big. It, the, the bucket is 100 tons of dirt in one scoop. That, that's, that's unfathomable. It is. People For most people, can't really picture 100 tons of dirt. Yeah. And yeah. that's in one scoop. So it is such a big that people always ask, well, how could you have seen that? Or how could you? Because the bank is 75 feet high. Right. Your bucket is 100 tons. And, you know, you got this great big machine and then this great big truck. And people always say, how could you have seen that? But when that thing slid down the bank and you could see those perfect patterns, I'm like, okay, this is time yeah. to stop. And we have procedures in place. When you see a, a fossil, you have to stop. Right. But that was, that was different than just your average fossil. But, you know. Nice. Yeah. And it turned out to be uh, the best preserved dinosaur in the world. Really? In the world. And so it's not just like dinosaur bones. It, it is actually a, it's actually a mummy. It's actually an animal. It's yeah. not just the bones. It's like a 3D animal. The way it was preserved, it's never happened in history. There's no other dinosaurs like it. Nice. It's a one in a, one in a, one in a lifetime. Nice. So there's 
you know, That's we got amazing. the Terrell Museum, and we, but I mean, there's dinosaur museums all around the world. Yeah. But, but the, the experts say nothing is compared to that. Nice. So I didn't just find a dinosaur, I found the best dinosaur. Right. So, yeah, I kind of like that. Well, you've always been that way. <laughs> You're not just a little bit, yeah. all the way. And, you know, and my grandson is a fanatic on dinosaurs. Nice. And uh, we had that show on CBC a couple months ago. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the show on CBC? I, I, I haven't, no. Uh, well, it's a one hour long program with David Suzuki and the whole story. Yeah. And so I got to show that to my grandson. He was just blown away. So. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's the dinosaur story. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So she's sitting there in Drumheller and they built all you see in it. It's got the yeah. glass cage around it. Yeah. Glass cage. But it's still, they're still discovering stuff from it. Like it's still, it's in all the universities, all the samples. They're nice. There's skin pigments. There's, there's so much work being done on it still. And there's, They'll probably still be finding out stuff about dinosaurs from that guy from another 10 years. Nice. And it's already been. And it's already revealed more than any other dinosaur because it's not a dinosaur in the normal sense of bones. It's a mummy. Right. It's, it's a mummified animal. Right. Only 110 million years old. Yeah. And, and you discovered that one. How many years ago was that? That was March 21st, 2011. So it's. I always almost... remember that because I had t-shirts made. Yeah, and then I got on the sleeve. I got March twenty first, two thousand eleven, with my signature on it, and everybody on the ship bought a bunch of t shirts. Nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So it's already been out there for ten years. Yeah, almost. Yeah, but I mean, it took them six years of having it in the back room being prepped, right? Yeah, before they put it on display, right? But it it was discovered. But as far as the scientists looking at stuff, everybody that's been going on for yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's a, it is a cool story. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Who is your idol? Who do you look at in your life and say, I want to be like them or I want to do the things they've done or I want to act like that person or be as successful as they are. Who is that in my life? That that's a lot of, uh, qualities and i'm not sure there's one person that that fills up all those qualities uh, like i said the person i admire the most is my brother okay so and i know bob he's an and awesome you know guy yes he is yeah he's amazing yeah so if i could aspire to be it's pretty impressive i want to be just like my <laughs> older brother <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what we all say yeah, when we're young? yeah that's right yeah <laughs> So I know you've played a lot of sports in your life. I have, yeah. What influence has sports played uh, for you? Team building and uh, just the camaraderie. I was getting together with a bunch of guys and giving it everything you got and then going for cold beers after and uh, yeah. hashing out all the problems you had during the game. Yeah, just the camaraderie of getting together with the team and just uh, yeah. the trips, the field trips, and just those times, those memories. What what have you learned from the team environment? Well, of course, uh, just uh, what it takes to succeed. Okay. And we were good. Our soccer team was like the best in Alberta there for quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah, so we'd travel to Calgary, Lethbridge, Edmonton, and it usually finished first or second in every tournament. Nice. Yeah, good bunch of guys. Yeah. Much more skilled than me. Yeah. All I had was speed, not a lot of skill. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a team. Yeah. There was guys there that had the skill, and there was guys there that had the speed, and there was guys there that had the, each little quality, and you guys, put them all together. Guys that could score the goals. Yeah, and you put them all together, and, and you build a team. And So what do you learn from that, right? But, and then when you're done, like I said, the camaraderie after the game just memorable it's yeah. more memorable than most of the games well that's kind of like our our work time too because we had like i said we spent a lot of time before work after work yeah during work having fun yeah. we used to go over to somebody's house all the time and play games yeah. and that's stuff yeah. and order pizza and yeah you know i mean those, so yeah that was our life that was, was our work we had a job to do but we had the camaraderie of all those friendships. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that's like, just like that's sports. That's cool. Except I wasn't getting paid for sports. Right. Other than that. <laughs> and a lot of times we made, I know that you and I spent a lot of time 
challenging the other guys at work. It was always competition. It, it was. And it always seemed like it was me and you against whoever wanted to take us on. Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah. And sometimes it was two or even three of them. Yeah, and the race was on. Yeah. yeah. I'd forgot about and, that. And that was, I always look at that, and I, I look back at that as a big motivator for me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we used to stack those groceries down the aisle. Hey, it started at one yep. end. And that's before Put a guy scanners. at each end and a guy at each end. And that's before scanners. We had... Yeah, and everything had to be priced. Yeah, everything had to be priced with price gun. Back in the day. Had the cut and tray, all the, all the cardboard yep. And cases. the race was on. Yeah. I forgot about that. Holy yeah. God. And we... I know our boss used to always shake his head because some of the other night crews would come in and they would have orders half as large as ours and not get done in their eight hour shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we would get ours done in eight hours plus help day shift, get a bunch of their yeah. stuff done no, very before true. we would leave. But we were never competing against that other crew. We were competing against ourselves. Exactly. Because exactly. we had to win. It's very important to win. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the card game last night. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, sports, you don't just do sports, you do personal fitness as well. Just about every day in the gym, yeah. Okay, so what, and you run. Yeah. Do you ever run in races? Uh, or no, I never competed, even back in the day, because my running was all on the soccer field. That was my running. I mean, I did run for, for training, but I uh, never did it for compete. And uh, now that the hips are gone, those days are behind me. But uh, dwindled quite, yeah. quite rapidly. No, but we still get our cardio and we still play squash. A couple times a week, we try to get on the squash court. Nice. And my wife and I. And do you beat her often? I usually beat her. Actually, I always beat her. And then when you get home, she beats you. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually very good. Yeah. 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 She's actually a good squash player. So then the personal fitness, like your weightlifting and, and your running and stuff, do you ever have, what is your goal when you do that? My goal was always to be the strongest I could be and uh, not to be stronger than anybody else in the gym, just to be stronger than I was before. That was my whole, and I'd get on the bench. The highest my bench press went to was uh, 405 pounds. Nice. And, uh, I remember when I had my heart surgery and the doc, I said to my doctor, when can I get back in the gym? And he said, well, 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 how much are you lifting? And I said, I don't know, 300, 350. <laughs> and he said, are you stupid? This is exactly, the heart says, are you stupid? Why do you want to? <laughs> but you know what? I'm back doing 300 pounds again because uh, yeah. I just love it. <laughs> you know, and I'm not out to impress anybody. <laughs> you know what? I don't look around the gym to see who anybody's seen me lift 300 pounds. It's right. for myself. It's strictly for myself. Yeah. I know you and I went to the gym a lot when we were younger. Oh, yes, we did. And You're uh, remembering all these things I forgot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I know I, uh, I got my highest weight when I was lifting with you, and I think I was lifting 275. <laughs> Not much, but I know I hit it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And see, you remember that because yep. it's important to you. I did. And you weren't doing it to show off for me. You were nope. doing it because you were trying to get your, you were trying to for yourself. Right. Yeah. Right, and I always knew that you were better than me freakishly at strong, or yes. <laughs> freakishly strong, kind of like your wife is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it, it's, and the encouragement that comes from each other during that is, I think is a big thing. It's even though, you know, somebody's better than you or stronger than you or faster than you, yeah. you encourage them. Right. I mean, that's, that kind of all goes back to family Yeah, because you constantly try to build somebody else up yeah. and help them be the best they can be. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time in the gym with Connor, with my son. Yeah. Uh, since he, he started coming to the gym with me when he was probably 12 or even 10. Yeah. And you were supposed to be 13 or 14, but I was been there for so long that they just let him come in with me. Right. Yeah. That was a Matt Connor. Oh Yeah. And so he's been in the gym with me. And so then you've got that relationship with your son and watching yeah. him. That's pretty cool. Watching him grow. Yeah. 10 pounds. Right? Yeah. And then 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Do you ever tell him it doesn't matter how old you get, I'll still be your dad? I'll still be your dad, <laughs> and I'll still beat you in the gym. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What is your biggest motivator in your life? Biggest motivator is my faith. There's no question about it. Okay. It controls every decision I make. Don't even think nice. I think about it consciously. It's just there. Right. And that's always been there. And it's always been there. Uh, there. There was a time, like I said, I was raised with it. And there was a time where I kind of drifted away from it. Looking back, maybe I didn't drift that far away from it. But it's maybe, always Maybe there. not in it as deep as you were yeah. before. Yeah. But yeah, right? it's my motivation. I know we've, we've had a lot of discussions about faith. And I know you used to did we back in the day? verses and stuff. Oh, See, yes, we did. And, and my wife oh, tells yes, me that because uh, I've known Randy too as well <laughs> since she was 16 years old. And she says that we had these comments. And I don't remember yeah. them. I no, honestly I, do not we, remember ever preaching at anybody. Well, I don't think it was not, preaching. Not preaching, just discussions. I'll take but your even, word for it. But uh, even things So like even when I look back and think I, I may have drifted away, maybe I was still talking to people about so well, think one of the things I remember distinctly, one of our discussions was because we were talking about a journey song, Wheels in the Sky. Keep on turning. Oh, yeah. Keep on turning. What did I do? And bring we, up Ezekiel? <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> but we talked about that and we had we had a discussion about <laughs> some of the Bible stuff. and, and Yeah, it's useful. It must have been a part of my that, life and I didn't even realize it. Right? Yeah. And that's and that's cool when it's when it's there and it's so embedded in you that it just happens. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and that I mean that shows a lot for who you are, hmm. right? So, what is your why? What is my why? What does that question mean? I don't even know what that question means. Why what? What is your why? Why why do you do what you do? Why? Why are you like you are? I hate to be so repetitive. <laughs> well, I only got one answer for every question you give me. Like, why am I like I am? Is uh, and why do I do what I do? I mean, you come from a strong family. You want to have a strong family. You believe that God put you here for a reason, and you want to live up to whatever that reason is, which is probably to raise a good family with good character and good morals. And uh, okay. that's really, that's it. It probably sounds pretty boring, but that's. <laughs> that's it. What is your biggest fear in your life? The biggest fear. I don't think I'm too afraid of anything. Snakes. Except Snakes. If a snake comes across there and we're, I'm out the door. <laughs> Except maybe your freakishly strong wife. No, I have no fear of my wife. I have nothing but admiration for her. Uh, no, I can't, I can't really think about. You know, I have no stresses in my life and no fears. Nice. Really, I don't. Good. Well centered. What is? Um, sorry. If you could do or be anything at all, without any possibility of failure. Mm -hmm. What would it be? It's probably too late to get into the astronaut field, but just, I just admire that whole. That would be your thing. And my my grandson Jason is just a genius. He's only eight. Okay. And I'm like, Jason, I want you to be an astronaut. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been prepping him? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he could do it. He's smart enough. Uh, yeah. Nice. If I could change a career and, and have, oh yeah, I'd be doing some spacewalking. Yeah. 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 That'd be amazing. Yeah. And if you could do that, how long would you do it for? Well, I mean, if that's your dream, if you're giving a perspective of what would you do if, of course, then you would do it forever, right? Yeah. If that's what you really would want to do, right? Okay, awesome. What do you do in your spare time to take your mind off of things, stresses in life, work, whatever? Um, again, I spend all that time in the gym away from work. I spend time with fitness and I spend time with my wife. My wife and I spend so much time together. We sit, we have coffees, we talk. It's a great life. Nice. 
what's the one thing in your life that you've accomplished so far that you're most proud of? Did we mention the dinosaurs? The dinosaurs. It's wild dropping the dinosaurs. That's definitely. <laughs> no, what I'm most there. proud of is my family and my kids. There's no question about that. Yeah, much far above the dinosaur. Yeah. The, the dinosaur is just an amazing experience. It is, it is, yeah. But as far as your accomplishments in life, yeah, I mean, yeah kids and family. Yeah. <laughs> What's something you've done in your life that you wish you could go back and change? Well, I mean, we've all made a lot of mistakes. I don't want to talk about them on <laughs> public television here, but... Yeah, we'll talk behind closed doors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we'd all make, make changes. Would Would you actually make changes? No, even though you regret a huge bunch of mistakes. You, when you sit and think about it, if you change that mistake, then this thing wouldn't happen and this thing wouldn't happen. Right. So, no, I don't problem. And the experiences that you have had, even though they were mistakes or, you know, learning lessons or whatever, you've... You've become who you are because, because of, of them. So if you didn't right. make those mistakes, you wouldn't be the person yet. Right. So, yeah. You but wouldn't. I'm not going to. Experience. I wouldn't suggest sitting here talking about them. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, they're there. Right. Right. We've all done things. And, and, and in reality, I don't dwell on them. Right. I know they're there, and if I wanted to dwell on them, I could. I know I could list them and write them down, but I don't dwell on them. Nice. No. There's nice. no point in that. You've learned your lesson. You've moved on. And very pragmatic. I got that from my mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Hmm. Your mom sounds like an interesting lady. Oh, she is. She would be amazing. Mm -hmm. That should be your next interview. I could interview her <laughs> if, you, if you could get her on the computer. I could have no, an interview. No, she's with an interesting lady. That would be awesome. Maybe we'll have to talk about that. After. Yeah. No kidding. Maybe Bob too. Maybe I could talk to Bob sometime. <laughs> yeah. What, go through the whole family. That's right. <laughs> We could have Funk Week. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a hit. Absolutely. What was one thing in your past that has given you your greatest life lesson? The one thing in my life, an event. However you want to take that. The one thing in my life that has given me the greatest life lesson? Yeah. I'm just repeating your question. Why I think you know you're picking up on that. I repeat that enough times, I'll be able to have some time to think of it. <laughs> the one thing in my life that gave me the greatest life lessons. That's three repeats. <laughs> well. Good questions. You're doing good. You're doing a very good job interviewing. <laughs> They're solid questions. Uh, well, the most important thing in my life is my wife. And we were together for several years as younger. And then we had a break. And then we got together again. And that reconnecting and then building what we got now. I don't know if you call it a life lesson, but it's a life. Right. That's the most important thing. Nice. Okay. We can go with that. What is your idea of perfect happiness? And I probably know the question or the answer already to this question, but perfect happiness? Yeah. It is a, again, it's a, a contented, happy family. Everybody's successful, independent. Don't need to worry about them, even though I probably always will. But if I had that and a million dollars, I would be pretty darn happy, actually. <laughs> and a million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Money can't buy happiness, uh, but that's it sure crap. makes things no, no. easier. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think it can. I've <laughs> sure never had enough easier to know for sure, but I think it could almost. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How important is it to have positive attitude? in all your dealings with people, whether it be family, friends? I would imagine it's the most important, very important. But again, it's not something I think about. I think I have a positive attitude about everything. You just do it. But I just have one. 
I can't imagine having negative attitude. Do you do any meditation, yoga, any sort of self-healing type of No, I don't. Other than working out? No, I don't. Again, any positive thing on the inside of me comes from my faith in Christ. And when I think of meditation and those sort of things, I I think of it as, and I've never meditated, so I don't know, but I've always thought of it as kind of an Eastern mysticism where you, and I could be wrong with this, but where you kind of empty yourself and, and try and, I don't know, maybe be at one with the universe. And, and that's just not my philosophy in life. Right. My philosophy and feeling in life is that my strength comes from God, which is outside the universe. Right. And which gives me my strength. So I don't need to empty myself or to focus or to meditate or to chant. My strength comes from just being able to open my Bible, read what God has gave us human beings as a message. And that's my strength. Totally comfortable. Nice. If you could write a letter to your younger self, what age would it be and what advice would you give? Uh, A letter to my younger self. hmm? Uh, I'd probably be in my... uh, I got no regrets, Troy. This is the problem. You're thinking, okay, if I write a letter, I would go back and I would correct this no, and I would not, correct no, that. No, it's not about correcting. It's just what advice would you give? Hmm. Because like we said, I wouldn't make any changes. No. And What advice would I give myself as a younger man, knowing what I know now? Basically is what you're asking. Kind of. I would say... uh, However you want to perceive the question. At least that's what I perceive (laughs) what you just asked me. But uh, (laughs) just the importance. I would write a letter about, and it's just something I learned anyway, without even getting a letter, but the importance of of, uh, relationships and keeping them strong and keeping the importance of them in your life. Cool. Like I said, I wouldn't change anything, but yeah. Yeah. Quite a terrible answer. But anyway. No, I've, I've had multiple answers to that question (laughs) and it's, it's, it fits right in with all of them. If you could have lunch and a chat with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Hmm. Okay, well, I'm not going to put God in every answer, so we're going to just push that one off the side. We'll pick real humans. Uh, who do I admire? I love to read C.S. Lewis. He'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know C.S. Lewis? I don't. I, I know the name. Do you? And I know he's an author. He's an author, and he's a, a philosopher, and he's written lots of good books. Uh it's that Disney one there with the lion. Uh, the Narnia, you know, the whole Narnia series. Okay. That all yeah. comes from C.S. Lewis. Okay. And uh, But he's written many good books. I've read about five of them. And he was really a philosopher. He used nice. to be an atheist, became a Christian. And I would love to sit and just chat with him. Nice. I would admire Get his him. insights. Yeah. Very wise man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What type of music makes you happy? What's your go-to for feel-good music? Uh, that would be, and I've kind of developed in the in the last year. I mean, I like country music. I like all music. Like we grew up with our rock. Oh yeah. And then I, a little bit. Yeah. And then I uh, <laughs> I graduated into country probably in the last ten years. But I can listen to Kenny Chesney for hours. Oh yeah. And it's relaxing. Nice. And he's got some upbeat stuff, and he's got some. But I could. Uh, on that serious satellite radio at work, channel 57, the Kenny Chesney channel. Okay. And I can put that on and, and three, four hours go by. Like, yeah. As I'm digging away, looking for another dinosaur. <laughs> looking but, for another dinosaur. Yeah. Put another one right beside that one yeah. in Terrell Museum. No, so, uh, yeah, I would say that easy listening, Kenny Chesney. Nice. And we'll probably end up going to watch a concert this year somewhere in the States. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So if you were, I probably know the answer to this one too then, but if you were stranded on a desert island, 
and the device you had to play music on only played one song over and over, hmm. what song would it be? Oh, well, we're going to have to go with Kenny and Sexy About the Rain. <laughs> Good tune. <laughs> Okie doke. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hmm. Maui. You've been there a few times, mm -hmm. and that's like the place. You didn't have to stall for that answer. Right? It popped no. right out. Yeah. yeah. And it had place. nothing to do with God. Nothing. Other was, than the fact that he built it and created, yeah, it. created it. <laughs> and created you going there. Yeah. No, Maui is an amazing awesome. place. Awesome. Awesome. Hmm. Okay, so one final question. Um, if you've gone through your life, You've accomplished everything you've ever wanted to accomplish. You've learned everything. You've gained all the knowledge that you've ever dreamed of. And you've been as successful as you ever wanted to be. And when you pass on, you have to take everything with you. And no one knows who Sean Flunk is. But you can leave behind three lessons for life. You can write down three lessons for life to leave behind for future generations, what would they be? Assuming I'd accomplished all those things that you just listed, I'd be like that guy on the mountaintop with his legs folded in his little... <laughs> what is the meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and your question was, what would the three things be that I would, what would want people three, to know? Three lessons for life. That I would like other people to know. For future generations. All right, three quick little questions. This shouldn't be that tough. <laughs> Just the three most important questions in the, right? in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, number one is have a admiration for your creator. Number two, uh, the most important thing in life is love. Number three, your creator, put me in life's love, and that's it. It's two not, is probably not two. so easy. No, is two it? is probably enough. Those are two quality. <laughs> Those two are probably better than definitely. most people's three. Well, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your creator in in uh, in love, and I'd make number three. I'd make love again. Love is the most important thing. Good. Okay. I'm putting love down twice. <laughs> there you go. We can go with that. Okay. It's your interview. You can answer however okay. you That's want. That's my answer. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. This is great. I hope people listen to this and and watch us and gain some knowledge, things that they can use in their life, and just. You know, insights yep. that that maybe people don't think about and stuff. And we all have different experiences and no, we all we go do. through yep. things. Hmm. So, you know, hopefully people watch this and take something from it. That would be good. Thanks again for having us over. And this has been Lessons for Life. I'm Troy Hudkins. This is Sean Funk. And join us again in the future for another podcast. Thank you. Sorry about the squeaky voice.